Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. Hello, my beautiful Broadway friends. It's your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, and we are back for the season three premiere of the Broadway cast. What's that? You haven't caught up on seasons one and two of the Broadway cast? Well, you better do that right now. You can go to YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and catch up on incredible, insightful, and hilarious conversations with the likes of Jeremy Jordan, Lena Hall, Billy Porter, Lilius White, Jason Robert Brown, Christy Altamar, Trista Dollison, Karen Ziemba, Joel Gray, just to name a very few. Now that we're up to speed on seasons one and two, it's time to get the show underway for season three as we welcome the incredible stars from Disney's smash hit in its fourth year, Aladdin. We're sitting down with Telly Leung, Ariel Jacobs, and Major Attaway. Before we get on with the show, we have a new bit. It's Ben's Broadway Obsessions. Each week, we're going to take you through five things that Ben is obsessing about this week on Broadway. As you know, spring has sprung here on Broadway, and there's a whole flock of new shows flying into theaters as we speak. Let's count down the five things I'm most excited about this season. Number five. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. If you're a geek, and if you're watching this, you are. You know you're crazy excited to see Harry Potter. Now if we could just get tickets. Achio tickets! Number four. Broadway's favorite wife-beating, bigoted, misogynistic, amoral bully balladeer is back on the boards. Nope, it's not Trump the Musical. It's the return of Rodgers and Hammerstein's classic musical, Carousel, starring Jesse Mueller, Joshua Henry, and opera star Renee Fleming. Number three. Escape to Margaritaville. That's right, a Jimmy Buffett jukebox musical featuring hits like Cheeseburger in Paradise and Wasting Away in Margaritaville. It features more cheeseburgers and margaritas than Guy Fieri's Times Square food dumpster. Unless, of course, he's sponsoring us, in which case, yum. Number two. Disney's Frozen is finally on the Broadway stage. Broadway goddess Casey Levy stars as Elsa, and word on the street is that she's belting her face off. How does she sing with no face? Well, you'll have to get a ticket to find out. Let it go, girl. Just let it go. And that brings us to my number one show that I am most excited to see this spring. It's Summer, the Donna Summer musical. Toot toot, ah, beep beep. 
Why am I so excited? Because gay. And now, without further ado, let's kick off season three with the cast of Aladdin. Give my regards to Broadway. A lullaby of Broadway. There's a kid in the middle of nowhere who's sitting there living for Tony performances, singing and flipping along with the Pippins and Wiggins and Kinkies, Matildas and Mormonses. So we might reassure that kid and do something to spur that kid. Because I promise you, all of us up here tonight, we were that kid and now we're big. Here we are, the premiere of season three of the Broadway cast. It feels like just yesterday we were just getting things off the ground and now we're flying high, premiering season three. You know, it almost feels like we're on a magic carpet ride. <laughs> That's right, we're kicking off season three in grand Disney magic fashion with Disney's enormous smash hit musical Aladdin. Aladdin is celebrating its fourth anniversary on Broadway. So go out, grab a lamp, and get to rubbing and let's meet our incredibly talented panel of stars. I'll begin to my immediate left. Uh, this is exciting for us because you were here for our season two premiere That's right. when we were on a Disney ride as well. Um, our first guest has starred on Broadway in Flower Drum Song, opposite Lea Salonga, Pacific Overtures, Rent, Godspell. He played Bach and Wicked, starred as Warbler Wes on Glee, and of course is the title character of Aladdin in Aladdin. Telly Leung is back with us. Yay, Telly! Thanks, I'm so thrilled to be back. I'm thrilled to have you, and it's really fun for me because I got to see the show last night, so I feel like I'm in a particularly fangirly space today. <laughs> so I feel very bubbly and excited. Um, as the show is wonderful, and you're sensational, oh, Telly. I'm a you. fan of yours from Thanks, way friend. back. As I was walking out past all the fantastic merchandise, and the teacups are especially cute, by the way, um, nice. I noticed that a couple albums of yours yeah. were on sale. Yeah. You have two albums out. Talk to me, and I know you've done a lot of cast albums, cast recordings. Yes, of course. But tell me what's, what's different about and what's exciting about being a solo artist and making your own albums. Well, you know, I... In between the Broadway shows that I'm lucky enough to get to do when I'm not working, I do a lot of cabaret work as well. Sure. And I have a phenomenal trio of musicians that I work with all the time. Gary Adler, who was one of the co-writers on Alter Boys, amazing jazz bassist, Mary McSweeney, uh, Michael Kreuter, who is Cheetah Rivera's musical director and also has Yellow Sound Label. That's my trio. He plays drum, drums for me. And That's legit. It's, 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 it's the Avenue Q band. I actually, yeah. like, I actually took the Avenue Q band and I took them on gigs at cabaret clubs and jazz clubs all over the country. After a while, we just had enough material, and Michael Kreuter, who has a label, Yellow Sound Label, said, well, we should really make an album. And I said, what? Make an album? Is anybody, is anybody going to buy an album from me? And so we made one. We were really proud of it. It's like our child. It's like our baby, our musical baby. And then it was so popular, we made a second one. So the first album is called I'll Cover You. That's right. And it's um, an album of cover songs where we've kind of taken all songs that you know and love, songs by Simon and Garfunkel or Jonathan Larson or Stevie Wonder, and we kind of do a big 180 on them. Yeah. Um, and the second album is called Songs For You, and it's um, an album where each track of the song is actually a, a dedication to somebody in my life, either personal or professional, that oh, has really that. gotten me to where I am. You know, so th uh, there's a song on there, Being Alive, I sing from, from companies dedicated to my dear friend and mentor, Billy Porter. Um, you know, and uh, and I have I have a song on there that's dedicated to Stephen Schwartz, who we've both worked with closely as well. And so mm -hmm. it's um, and one song that's in there for my parents, you know. So it's it's um, it's a, a personal kind of love letter and dedication album. Well, I li I've listened to both albums, and uh, I have to tell you, what really got me was the I 
am what I am, who have nothing, which is which is the mashup of I have nothing, Whitney Houston, with with I am what I am, I am. and my gayo meter just went <laughs> freaking to the side. You have to listen to it. Go that out was and get very the album. Um, Glee inspired. I'd met, yeah. I'd gone to one of those crazy fan conventions uh-huh. for Glee for, and I was surra- in Europe. Actually, it was in London, and I was surrounded by all of these I bet that's young crazy. teens. Right, and and my my dear friend George Takei, who had done Star Trek for many years, who I who I had done Allegiance with, he said. You know, well, Telly, when you go to these fan conventions, you might meet some very strange people. And I said, well, uh, like, uh, okay. So he warned me about, but then I met really Glee fans. There were all these kids. And they were usually kids who felt outside of the box. And they felt like they didn't belong. And they felt like they belonged in that chorus room, you know, and they mm-hmm. felt like they could find camaraderie through music. And so I, I was really inspired meeting all of those kids in this fan convention in London. And I said, you know, I'm going to mash up a couple of tunes and dedicate it to them. So, And that was the dedication yeah. was for them. It was for them. That's perfect. You have to listen to it. It's it's hilariously magical. <laughs> You're like, where's this going? And then it goes exactly where you want it to. <laughs> next up, seated next to Telly, this young lady has starred on Broadway in In the Heights. She played Nessa Rose in Wicked. Before coming to Great Big Broadway to play Princess Jasmine, she starred in the Sydney, Australia Production. This is Ariel Jacobs. Yay! Yay. Uh, Aladdin runs in the family. Obviously, this yes, is something that I. I wonder if you're if you're sick of talking about at this stage of the game. No, actually, it's re- it's really cool. My brother is doing. Well, he was the original Aladdin, of right. course. He's doing the national tour right now. He's doing it in L.A. at the moment. Yeah, and I think it's really awesome. We're both in the show. Op- we were doing the show on opposite sides of the world when I right. was in Australia and he was here. And now we're doing it on opposite sides of the country at the and same our, time. What are the conversations that you guys have about the show <laughs> together? We don't really talk much about the show anymore. I've been in the beginning where you're like, well, here's some insight I think you should do and vice versa or... Not so much. No, I, we okay. had completely different experiences. Um, and I had, you know, a whole six weeks of rehearsal to set the show in, in Sydney with okay. the whole creative team sure. and with that cast. So it was really... a very specific experience. Yeah, it really was its own project, its own process. And what is it like being playing in Sydney? Oh, I love Australia. Telly just got back from Australia. From you were Sydney. on vacation. I just took a two-week vacation. It was my first time in Australia. And I said, oh, my gosh. It's was, a dream. I was, I was actually Is imagining, Ari- yeah. like, Ariel, like, in, it, it, like, doing a show here. I was like, I, I was trying to, I was like, how do I get how, to what do a show, show can I here? Do here? <laughs> what can I do here? I didn't want to leave. It's a magical place. Yeah. The audiences and the people there are just incredible. They're the warmest, most present, sincere people I've ever met anywhere. Yeah. And do they go fan crazy in Australia? Yeah, I mean, they loved the show. Yeah. The stage door is a different experience. They don't, I don't think that they, maybe they don't know that they can go to the stage door. There wasn't <laughs> that many people there every day. Um, so that was a, a bit of a different culture. Thing. It's kind of a particularly New York phenomenon, I feel like, the the, fan, the fanning out of the stage door that's mm-hmm. become so huge Although now. I will say, in Japan, when you do a show in Japan, the oh, stage door is, in the, is the entire audience waits for you <laughs> yeah. at the stage door, which is the opposite experience. Wow. How do you even handle that? I mean, you, do you, you have... You just do. You just go, oh, we're going to be here for, for about three and a half hour. hours. Yep, for another hour, yep. And the and, gifts. But it's, but it's always and so... And the gifts. Appre- but it's so appreciative in, in Japan. Japan. They yeah. give you gifts. Have like, you done stuff in Japan as well? I did in the Heights in Tokyo. Oh, you did? And they do. They bring you all kinds of crazy things. Gift bags with like socks and yeah. face lotions and it, the they want your craziest feet warm stuff. and your skin smooth <laughs> in Japan. How beautiful! Yeah. Well, rounding out uh, our panel today, he's making his Broadway debut, stopping the show in its entirety as Genie and Aladdin. This is Major Attaway. Hey. 
Atta boy, atta way. Um, <laughs> you're, how many times have you heard that one? I, I've lost count. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> making your Broadway debut, can you just take me through the moment when you got the phone call that you would, you would be making your Broadway debut in Aladdin? You started out as a standby, correct? I, I did, mm-hmm. I did. And I actually, um, I sent a, a tape okay. uh, to get an audition, and I was flown up. Um, I flew up here to, to do the auditions, and after a full, very rigorous day, I um, the next day I got a phone call, and they said, um, it's not often we see a newcomer come in and that we're pleased with some of the things we've seen. So moving forward, we'd need you to be able to fit through the hole. That's how casual it was. <laughs> we need you to fit through the hole. The hole that's in the stage, you know, because the genie oh, okay. comes out. But that that was... That I was didn't know call. if that was a Was metaphor. that their way of saying you got the job? Exactly. Kind of. That's wow. my point. Wow. Yeah. It was, um, so moving forward, we would need to, to see you go through the hole and, and get ready to come. And I said, oh, the hole? They're like, yeah, if you want to be the standby for the genie. I said, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> you show me the hole, I'll fit through it. That's right. Let's do it. I'll, I'll, I'll dig the hole, That's whatever you need. <laughs> Um, it's also striking. Your performance was was mind-bogglingly fantastic, Thank and and much. so notably different than your predecessors in in so many wonderful ways. Um, but it's so physical. Can you tell me a little bit about how one even prepares for that? Because I was watching that going, my back would have divorced me. Yeah. My left support would have moved to Guam. I don't know. Well, uh, growing up, I always wanted to play sports and do theater. I wanted to uh, play football and be an actor. Um, I found that I get to do both now. I get yeah. to treat myself like an athlete. I think we, you know, all of us do in this show. And I get a lot of sleep and I drink a lot of Pedialyte. Mm. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep those electrolytes yeah. up. I have That's to say, right. for all of our listeners out there, too, like, yeah. you know, go and YouTube this awesome thing that ESPN did where they actually hooked Major up to like a, a heart, a heart rate, rate monitor. Did they really? Wait, they seriously? Did. Thank you, mm-hmm. they, they did. And they measured um, the amount of steps and all of the output that happens during Friend Like Me. And that's only Friend, friend like, like Me right. and only for one performance. So if you multiply that by eight. Where um, was it what hidden? Are, where, where, where did you wear this thing? Oh, I wore, I wore it underneath my, underneath everything. What are your stats? How high does your heart rate go? Um, well, I want you 604. to watch the video, I will. But I will say okay. that they say we or I take as many steps as is it 88 basketball courts? Oh. I run run a, a, mm-hmm. a basketball court 88 times during the length of just that number. And it's, singing at the same time. And yes. singing to the top yes. of your lungs oh and holding that God. note at the end just beautifully. That's Thank no you. small feat, my friend. Congratulations <laughs> on well being you. And congratulations <laughs> to all of you. The fourth anniversary of Aladdin. Not many shows make it to that milestone, yeah. let's be honest. I think we've all been our fair share of, of shows that have kind of flown by night mm-hmm. a little bit quicker than four years. What does it feel like as an actor to have the gift of, of the security of being able to know that you're going to have a job tomorrow and that, that this show is so beloved it will be going on for years to come. I feel extreme gratitude for the for the opportunity. You know, I, I've certainly been in a lot of shows that have opened <laughs> and closed in, in, in like three or four months. And so to have something like this yeah. and, to, and to not only go to a long-running show, but also to be in a long-running show where it's such a happy building. And a happy show. And a happy show. Sure. So you see the, the audience just beaming with joy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you've got to at the end of the show every night. The last show I did before joining Aladdin was um, Les Mis in Texas. Okay. And I feel like it would be harder to sustain <laughs> that energy for years. Who did you play? Um, the bishop. The bishop, yes. And one of the students. So I, I died every performance and that's rough. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very different audience reaction yeah. at the end Definitely. of Aladdin to the end of Les Miserables. Both valid. 
but you'll take to get the energy <laughs> right. from and, the audience. And you know, for me, this is my debut. This is the the most beautiful experience I've ever had doing theater, and the longest job I've ever been fortunate to to have. So um, I'm grateful every day, and I, I pinch myself every time I finish Friend Like Me to make sure it was me that got to do it. So, yeah. <laughs> and to make sure you're still breathing. That's make right. Sure, That's to, right. to make sure you're still there. The okay. Absolutely. Okay. Like, okay. Aladdin makes so many people happy, and that was so very apparent to me, and I'm once again so lucky to have seen the show last night, and I was really taken with a lot of the responses that happened around me, um, and I want to share a couple of them with you because because I think you should know, and I think as we were talking about Telly earlier, you don't always know no. the experience that the audience is having um but you know anything from families sitting right in front of me was a family of mom dad and two girls in between them and the exchanging looks back and forth of the entire show after every joke was just they couldn't believe their luck that they were sitting there with their children and having this experience and i went to the bar there was a man next to me who was on the phone holding his daughter's hand and she was swinging her hand and he was on the phone i'm assuming with a relative or his wife and he's like oh she is loving it she is smiling and singing along and clapping her hands and having so much fun and the delirious happiness on the, on the face of this child was just so palpable. And that's what you guys do. And it's not just kids that you're affecting. There was a man seated behind me that on every line that had any sort of importance between the characters um, was uttering a very guttural, mm, mm, <laughs> oh, grown man, probably in his <laughs> mid-50s to 60s, who just couldn't believe the truths being dropped during the Aladdin program, oh and it was hilarious when yes. they do the, when they do the Cave of Wonders and the smoke comes up and you're in the middle of it. This man actually said what, <laughs> <laughs> and through the entire show was just agreeing gutturally with everything you said. So <laughs> that's great. That's the kind of magic that Disney makes. So congratulations Thank on, you. on, yeah. on thanks what for you, sharing that. Because we you, don't get to hear all of those reactions, yeah. and and sometimes you know as as actors we're on stage like, uh, do are they with us? Are they are they are they coming for the ride with us? So it's they, good to hear that. They are with you and and Disney makes that kind of thing happen. Speaking of Disney magic, you guys want to play a game with me? Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. It's oh, time gosh. for a rousing round of Don't Forget the Disney lyrics. Uh-oh. Okay. Okay. Oh my god, Major just perched. Well, is this all Aladdin? Huh? No. No. Okay. Well, that would be hardly be a game, would it? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like you'd be surprised though. I'm just going to warn you that I am notorious for not knowing the real lyric, but for making up something that sounds and That'll like be it. even better. I, yeah. I'm just going to say <laughs> that's what I'm excited to hear. Like, I just I just I'm notorious for like just knowing like the vowel of the lyric. Oh, fantastic. We're going to give it a full Patty Lapone <laughs> vowel off. And he will give you a Patty Lapone. Uh, oh, do you no, do a Patty Lapone no, impression? No, gosh, no oh time like the present. Oh, I've done it. Yes. Do you, yeah, do it. Real? yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Please, please we've we've come this far, Tally. Oh, gosh. Well, you just I... had lunch oh, yeah. with her. Oh, I, I did. You, Somehow Sydney. I ran Casual. into Patty LaPone. You were texting Cheetah Rivera in on your Sydney. way in. <laughs> and you had no, lunch I, with Patty I ran, Actually, Patty LaPone was coming off as the headliner at the Atlantis cruise. Oh, for sure. And, and I happened to be in Sydney for my vacation. And we happened to be I in the same restaurant. The two of you. Together. Yeah. And did I, you do your impression for I, her? I did not do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, gotta, it's all about timing, I think, with Patty, huh? Do you want to do it? Oh, gosh. Here we go. Okay. <clears throat> I can show you the world Shining, shimmering, splendid Tell me, princess, now when did you last let your heart desire? <gasps> Sally Leong is Patty Lapone in War Paint. In War Paint, as Aladdin. As Aladdin. <laughs> is Aladdin as Patty Lapone as Helena Rubenstein in War Paint. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to either speak or sing you part of a Disney song. Oh, and when I stop, whoever can finish that lyric out gets the point. 
Okay. Each point is worth a point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, um, mommy made me mash my M&Ms. There it is. There it is. A dream is a wish your heart makes when you're fast asleep. In dreams, dreams you will lose your heartache. Whatever you wish for, you keep. Hey. Ding, 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 ding. One point. That's it. One point for Ariel Jacobs. Okay. <laughs> um, the Ray he can play the lings on the string. The trout rocket out. The blackfish, she sings the smelt and the sprat. Know where it's at and all that bullfish blow. Whoa! <laughs> Two right. points for Ariel. I'm Gentlemen. I'm noticing a trend already. I know. Huh? Uh-oh. I'm noticing a trend. Noticing a trend. I like that you went from perching forward to now you're like, <laughs> sitting back. take it, girl. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You go. You are so good. Take it away. I'll yeah. back you up if you need me. <laughs> Shoop, da doop. Okay. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. We have a couple of cast members who know all the choreo to that, too. We do. We have a couple of Mary Poppins people that are. And my sister in law was in Mary Poppins. She was a dance captain on Broadway. Adam Jacobs' wife, Kelly Jacobs. Oh, shout out to Kelly Jacobs. You guys are really keeping in the Family, yes, yes. this is a showbiz dynasty. Mm-hmm. Is what you've got going That's on. That's why she's winning. That's why she's winning. <laughs> it's the showbiz dynasty. She's trained her whole life for this. Um, I'll be there someday. I can go the distance. I will find my way. If, if I can be strong, I know every mile will be worth my while. When I go the distance, I'll be right where I belong. Yes, yeah, Major Attaway. Brilliant. On okay. Board. Beautiful. Um, okay, this one's fun. Madame Gaston, can't you just see it? Madame Gaston, his little wife. Ugh. No, sir, not me. I guarantee it. There must be more than this provincial life. And I'm going to make Bell my wife. Yes, there are those characters there in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the girl I see? Staring, staring straight back at me. When will my reflection show who I am inside? Oh, we found a really nice harmonic pocket there. <laughs> this is you work together, don't you? Okay. Now, I'm going to throw you for a real loop, and I'm really excited about this one. I laugh to myself at home. <clears throat> Life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. Race cars, lasers, aeroplanes. It's a... Duck blur might solve a mystery or rewrite history. Duck tales. Every day they're out there making duck tales. I used to get that mixed up with Duck Blur. I don't even know that song. Oh, it's absolutely. It came on at like 3 30 every afternoon. We'll tell you about it. This And this is for all the millennials out there who have not had the gift of the Disney afternoon. You would get home from elementary school. And turn on the TV. This was there was only like seven channels you could choose from, if you can imagine such a time. That's right. And uh, and you would watch the Disney afternoon, which consisted of Ducktales, Chip 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 and Dales, Rescue Rangers, Chip 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 and Dales. There's danger, you know, and never Chip and Dales, Rescue Rangers, Tailspin. With with Baloo the Bear and, yes, he, and he flew yes. an airplane and Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Dark Duck. Duck. Mm-hmm. Let's get dangerous. Oh. Darkwing Duck. Yes, when that. you're in trouble, you call <laughs> DW. Oh, Darkwing wow. Duck. 
I mean, it's taking you back. So research it. I'm sure you can find it on the YouTubes, yes. Millennials. So yes. good. Do you feel, so see, we learned something. Yeah, yeah, right over my head. George, <laughs> George, Mc, George McDuck, he's yeah, yeah. just swimming his money. Absolutely, yeah. Like, Scrooge right. McDuck had a money silo, and he would jump into it and swim around in it, and it was the all gold coins. was shaped like a dollar sign. Yeah, yeah. which, let's be honest, in real life... If you jumped into a pile of gold coins, you would crush your skull. Well, he was the only. That was the running joke, and the and the thing was that he was the only one that could swim in his money, and everybody else would try, and they'd be like, "Gunk." Family Guy actually (laughs) did the joke. They made a reference that Peter Uh, jumped off into the money, and he's like, "This is not water. This is solid." (laughs) He hurt himself. It was great. Yeah, it it was. It was great. Okay, we're gonna do one more. Don't let them in, don't let them see. Be the good girl you always have to be. Conceal, don't feel, don't let them know. Well, now they know. Let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go, let it go. Turn away and slam the door. I don't care what they're going to say. Let the storm rage on. The cold never bothered me anyway. Shout out to Nancy. Miss <laughs> well done. That's, don't forget yeah, the Disney Casey. lyrics. Well yeah, done, everybody. So oh, good. She's a phenomenal oh, in the show. Who's so good. Casey Levy. Yes, yeah, she's yeah. Yes. Patty and Patty. Casey oh, Levy, they forget are. about it. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I feel that. like Casey Levy has a completely indestructible instrument. Me too. Oh, that monster video? Are you that, I saw that monster video. So good. With those boys with their beards and their biceps backing her up. That was a lot of bees. And I like to alliterate. And Patty, Patty Murin, too, uh, I, like, is so endearing and charming and hysterical. And yeah, she and is. I, I, love, I loved it. She's I immediately your time. best friend. From yeah, where I've, You just see her from far away. And, you're like, and she's good at playing nasty, too. She was my Sharpay in High School Musical. Oh, she was. The world That's premiere. another Disney connection for you. Yeah. That's hilarious and magical. All right. Let's start at the very beginning here, friends. I want to know about... Um, your early inspirations. I know, Telly, that you're a hometown boy. I know that you grew up here yep. in New York City. Um, I want to know kind of what what was the moment that you guys caught the theater bug as children? And and did you jump into a, a, an enthusiastic life of community theater where you're from? Let's start with let's start with you, Telly. Oh, um, I grew up in New York City, I, and I actually found theater by accident in a lot of ways. Um, I had very traditional Chinese parents That's right, we were who, saying that you who spoke, had like yeah like the tiger, you know, I had a tiger mom and I had a tiger dad who wanted me to do very well in school and go to Harvard and become a doctor sure and so coming home after school actually like I wasn't allowed to watch like DuckTales or Chippendale unless I was like done with done with my homework right and and um and after a while like they were like they really didn't like me watching cartoons at all they'd be like you cannot watch cartoon junk cartoon only watch PBS because PBS oh. was educational. Well, watch right. the story, Wishbone. Right. That's a good one, too. That's, yeah, that's a good one, too. There's good stuff on PBS, but so I... I was going to say, I So I was like, so for a little while, they were like, you can only watch PBS. Well, at eight years old, watching PBS... Is not so fun. I Right. But I stumbled upon great performances. Mm. And I and Into the Woods was on. So at eight years old, the live taping of Into the Woods from, you know, from the Martin Beck Theater, which yep. is now the Al Hirschfeld Theater... Um, seeing, and I didn't know what I was watching. I was watching Bernadette Peters and Joanna Gleason and Chips. I, I was, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know that that was music theater, but I just remember being hooked yeah. on it. And it was one during one of those fundraising drives for PBS where they'd repeat the thing over and over again. <laughs> and the next time they repeated it, I grabbed a VHS tape and I taped it. Yeah. And I wore out my Into the Woods tape. Of, Tell you, you know that I'm the guy that does that here in New York. I now. know. I, I'm, I, I'm I see PB, you on PBS I'm the PBS now. Yes. Guy now. I see but you on PBS. But it's hilarious. Now. I was interviewing Laura Benanti and a bunch of people during a pledge drive back over 
New Year's this year, and they all said the same thing about that Into, Into the, the woods. woods. And I remember that Changed as well. My life. It really was a game changer for so many people. Eight years old watching PBS. What was? When, how did you get the bug from I, the, coming from the dynasty? Ah, my brother and I both sang in our church choir okay. in a little farm town called Half Moon Bay, California. And it's a great name for a town. Yeah, I feel it, like the, mysteries the coast would is there. shaped like a half moon, like a crescent. Oh, beautiful! And I wanted to say be a pop singer. I just loved, you know, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Celine Dion. So my mom found me a teacher in San Francisco. Her name was Teddy Teddy Lightfoot. And Shout out to Teddy. Teddy's no longer with us. Sorry, Teddy. But she fostered like all of she fostered all these young kids into loving music, and we were called the Razzle Dazzle Kids, and we Thank did God. shows all over the Bay Area. My brother and I, you know, we you can find videos online of us singing as little kids, and um, yeah, I just loved it. And I started doing community theater. And what were some of your plum roles, Marielle? For the community theater, yeah. Um, I was in Secret Garden, but they didn't cast me as Mary. They cast me as Aya, the Indian maid. So I had Ooh. this. I was the first character to die of cholera, and I had this <laughs> red scarf, and I did this dance solo. The cholera dance? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then I was in A Christmas Carol. I was one of the Cratchit kids. Mm-hmm. And I sang show tunes for all of my school talent shows. I sang Castle on a Cloud for my first grade talent show. And I did A Whole New World with my best friend, but... I was oh, Aladdin and she was Jasmine. <laughs> oh, that's magical. Yeah. That pulls on my heartstrings. Did you know as a kid that you wanted to make this your life? When no. did that when did that occur to you? I loved doing it so much and when I was in high school, I had an amazing voice teacher at the Westminster Conservatory of Music. Mm-hmm. I went to high school right across the street at Princeton High School. So once a week I'd go across the street for lessons and um her name's Carolyn Haney, and she encouraged me to do my own solo voice recital. My my junior year of high school, my senior year, she enc- encouraged me to do like a one-hour solo concert. Wow. And I did it, and I loved it. And then I went to apply for colleges, and I applied to half of my schools for music and musical theater, and the other half I applied for environmental science. Oh. I loved the sciences. I loved AP biology and... Um, I thought I was going to be an environmental activist. I'm actually the green captain right now. Of the What's the green captain? The the Broadway Green, green Alliance. Green Alliance. Yes. Oh, yes. that's very cool. Yeah. So you make sure that everybody, everybody at the theater is keeping things green? Yes. Recycle, recycle, that. recycle. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when I was applying for colleges, I did like this half and half thing, and I was just threw my destiny into the universe, and then... I did not get into any science schools, and I only got into the music schools. <laughs> so it was just decided for me. When and God speaks, he shouts. I am very happy with how it turned out. Yeah, yeah. I think we're all very happy with how it turned Thanks. out. How about you, Major? Um, let's see. Starting, I um, was always singing in church when I was okay. younger. Um, that led to the Texas Boys Choir, so choral singing. And I realized at some point that I needed a, a different outlet. I loved the music, but I needed, I needed to be able to tell a story and not just stand there as well. So um, I ended up at Casa Mignana, which is a theater that raised me. Absolutely. Much. You were yeah. a Casa kid. I was a Casa mm-hmm. kid. You're correct. And so it was similar to your, your um, performing the the performance group. So we, we traveled around the Metroplex. We got to perform uh, Disney World. And it's actually what, what led me to my full circle moment here. Um, I saw on a trip with Casa Mignana, I saw The Lion King in the New Amsterdam Theater. 
I can still point to my seat in the ninth row on oh, the aisle. Wow. Wow. So every every single day, whoever's in that chair gets a little extra love. <laughs> that was the that was the moment that I decided I wanted to do it for a living. And how old were you at that point? It was two thousand one, because we also got to sit in the nosebleeds of the the Tony Awards. Oh, cool! Um, and so I was. How old was I? Eleven, twelve, maybe. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, and that because I'd already been doing doing it in local theater and learning from people around me. But that was the day that said, "Oh, I can do this as my re- my career. This can be it." So that was when I really decided was was then. Um, but I also did when I came back. I did a lot of local theater. That's what got me here because I haven't lived. I moved here to join the cast of Aladdin. That's I'm wacky, wild incredibly stuff. Incredibly fortunate. Incredibly fortunate. I did a lot of. Um, community theater and learned about you know what not to do and how to be professional and things like that and it's what guides me now but yeah Yeah. and jubilee theater was a big big part of my growth um because that was the first professional theater to hire me as an adult well i say an adult at 16 they let me lead a show (laughs) and so an adult track Yes, pretty yeah. much. I was narrating a show called Harlem Blues, and I love it to this day. And um, that's when I, that's where I got to grow, and it gave me the the platform I needed to handle the Disney brand. If you will. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say something else Please because do. I'm hearing Major and Telly both talk about when they decided that this is what they need to do. Yeah, and I think that's so important because even though the universe decided for me, and I was put into this path of doing theater and music. I did have my own time when I decided, but it was later. Okay. And it was after I had been out of college. I went Where to did, NYU. Okay, I was going to ask. I went to Steinhardt, and I got okay. a, a music degree in voice. Wow. And I moved to L.A., and I had started auditioning for film and TV and doing theater. And I was still unsure. I was like, this is fun, but it's, you know, it's so hard. Yeah. And maybe I made, maybe I made the wrong choice, so maybe I should do something else. But then something happened where I couldn't actually perform anymore. I was in rehearsals for a new musical called Nightingale at New York Stage and Film. Moises Kaufman was directing it. Oh, wow. Uzo Aduba was in it and Kimiko Glenn, Michael Esper, Michael Cerveris. And I was the female lead and I was playing Uzo Aduba's daughter, actually. Naturally. And it's like a week before our opening performance and I, my face got paralyzed. I actually got Bell's palsy. Yeah. And so I continued through with that production because there was no understudies. And I just combed my hair over half of my face and kind of talked out of one side of my mouth. And everyone just assumed that I was born that way who came to see the show. And afterwards, I stopped performing for a little bit because I couldn't. But it took about three months before my face came back. And during that time, I wasn't sure if it was going to come back. The doctors said that I could, you know... Some people don't get better. Wow, that's scary. So that was when I realized how much it meant to me to sing and perform. And for the first time in years, I actually missed the opportunity to audition because mm-hmm. I'd gotten to this point where I was just over it and like so much rejection and stress. And I just didn't think it was worth it. And then after my face was paralyzed and I couldn't do it anymore, I was like, I started to miss it. And that made me decide this is actually what I want to do. And my whole career changed after that because you approached it in a different, I approached it with this, with this knowledge that I need to do this. Going back to kind of in the beginning, do you guys remember the first time you saw Aladdin, the (laughs) animated film? 
Mm. I remember seeing it in the theater. For sure. I remember going to the theater and I yeah. remembered I remembered feeling like, you know, the, the movies that had come before it were, were sort of princess, more princess movies, right? Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid. Yeah. And this was like the boys' movie because uh-huh. there were action sequences like flying in and out of the oh, cave. I will and never like, forget that. You know, the, yeah. the end with like, you know, the, the big fight with Jafar at the end. Like, I was like, oh, this is like a Disney film, but like Indiana Jones. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it felt exciting in that way, uh-huh. like an action film. Yeah. And I remember I remembered going with my mom and dad and I, my dad, who is not like into... You know, he's not into like romantic comedies or animated films, but like he was totally into those action sequences too. And I was like, this is really mm-hmm. cool, you know? So I, th- I, that's my memory of seeing a lot. Your parents are finally like, okay, you can watch cartoons. <laughs> yeah, but, well, yeah. but it was if a lot of be this it awesome. Of things, I mean, we, it was like one of those things where it was like, move, it was like a move, like we went to the theater. It was like an event. It was like a sure. family thing, you mm-hmm. know? So yeah. like it was, it, and everybody went. Like I just remember it was such a big deal when that movie it was came a, out. It was a really big deal. It was deal. like everybody went to go see it in the movie theater. I, I remember did. watching Aladdin at home. Okay. I think yeah. it was on a, a tape. Sure. On my living room. Yeah. VHS. Yeah. I, I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I do remember the third time we had to buy the VHS because third I, time. Oh. for wearing out the oh first time. Oh my two. god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That and Lion King. That was just that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So how does that translate when you when you are now playing these roles that you that you saw that you wore out the VHS for and that mm-hmm. it was such an event in your life? Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be heady stuff. Yeah. I try not to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, I um, I went to Women's Day this at the St. James Theater this past week. Great. And they were talking about Harry Potter. And the producer of Harry Potter was talking about how there's all these, you know, so much pressure because the public is, like, wanting it to be something specific. And, and you can put that on yourself and say, I, I need to live up to all this pressure. But if you do, it stifles creativity. So... And I and I heard her say that, and I thought that is so true, mm-hmm. because if I think about what everyone is expecting from Jasmine and what they want to see, then I'm not able to really tap into my own experience of what she's going through. I think that's wonderful. And that was a question I was going to ask all of you. Actually, yes. is because there is such a, a what responsibility do you feel to the characters and to giving audience members who have grown up with these images and ideals in their head. Um, how do you balance that with, with making it your own as an actor and being true? I try to take, I take, there are specific choices I make that pay homage to not only the film, but directly to Robin Williams because Uh he changed, not only did he change, um, my life, but he changed (laughs) the way that Disney made and cast their movies moving forward. They started to put people like him in it, celebrities because of the impact he had. So for me, you're right. You can't, I, you know, once the show starts, that's not something to think about because I can only think about the genie's thoughts and the genie didn't know Robin. The genie is just himself. Right. So um, I make sure that I pay homage specifically to him. But other than that, you know, you just try to tell the story. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And some of that is out of out of our hands, too, as the Correct. actors, right? Like I, I, I trust our our incredible team that's kind of behind the whole thing, you know, Casey and and Tom and everybody over there who like – they 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 put in all of that time and all of those years figuring out how to make that ninety two mm. film into a stage musical and make it to to make it it, it its own thing. Do you right. know what I mean that that it does pay homage like like Major said to the original, but also is its own entity, its own like genre of entertainment. If you yeah. were from planet Mars and happened to walk in off the street and went to see Aladdin and never seen the film, that it would right. still yeah. be a that it still holds product. its own yeah. as a as a story and as an evening of theater. And so, right. um, so for me, it's just I, 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 finding 
finding my place in an evening of theater, uh, that's kind of what I can only focus on. Yeah. Because you know? I can't control what the, the, the stuff that the people that bring in, their emotional memories <laughs> and their emotional baggage of what Aladdin is for them from the animated film and their memories of it. I have no kind of control over that, sure. right? But I do. But what we do have control is, is how we tell the story and how we bring ourselves to the story for the next two and a half hours. Right. So to right. that end, um, how does that then factor into dealing with with replacing another actor mm. in a role that you've probably seen them do how do you find a way to fit into the production that's there and make sure that you're being true to yourself and your and your version of the character i would say i'm a little more fortunate than most because the we are required to tailor the genie to us yeah. To, to the actor that is doing it. They, the creative team tells you that? We're like, we yes. want you to make this yours. Yes, yes. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, there are, there are choices that, well, and it's because it's so personal. We we break the fourth wall so often that if it's not as genuine as possible, then it, it, it's just not funny and it doesn't it doesn't really work. You know, I, yeah. I, can't, I can't tell jokes, uh, the same jokes that James told because our comedy comes out of us in a different way. For sure. I agree, we have to make it. I think that actually applies to all, all of us who, yeah, are, course, who are replacing in our shows, too, is that, you know, I was very much encouraged. I saw Adam many times in the show. I saw the show, I think, like three or four times before I ever joined the company with Adam in it. Mm-hmm. And and I, I remember, you know, when we first got into rehearsals, all of our resident directors were like, make it, you know, here's the here's the blueprint of what the show is. Right. And certainly you have to stand on 12 at this point and you have to exit stage right at this point because otherwise a building is going to hit you. But, <laughs> right. you know I mean? but otherwise, <laughs> like, comes it's the sword. You, otherwise right. it's you, like it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's your, you, you and Adam are totally different people. So you have to bring your sense of truth, moment to moment truth to it, or the audience isn't going to go along with it. For you know? sure. And they, they'll smell it. You know, dogs smell fear. I yeah. just, I'm so impressed with the creative team here. Uh, they are very, they've, they've been you guys wonderful about that. Such, such wonderful freedom with yeah. it. And it reads is so fresh. And I, and I had seen this show before. So congratulations to all of you. Thanks. Also, I want to talk about going back to the impact on kids. And we talk about Stage Door. What have you experienced as these, these characters, these kids love so much come to life? What are the best reactions you've gotten? I um, <laughs> it is a definitely a, def- bloop, a bloop, different bloop. experience when they at the stage door. I mean, every other show I've done, they want to meet Telly. They want to meet the actor who played a certain role, right? Ah. Or but I feel like there is such a connection to Aladdin or to Jasmine or to the genie that the minute we walk out the door, it's. It's, we're not the actor. We are the. We are still the people. Even though I'm in my street clothes, I'm like you know. I have my book bag on. I often um, disappoint people when I don't come out with glitter on my head. <laughs> <laughs> they want you to take it home, but let's be honest, glitter gets everywhere, exactly. doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So I don't want to take it home. No, <laughs> it's a lot. My favorite is meeting all the little girls dressed up as Jasmine. Uh, oh. Does that happen? Does it I happen? love oh, it. Yes. I, I make sure to greet them as your highness whenever they're dressed. <laughs> of course you so do. So they know that they're, they're in charge. It's yeah. the best. It's beautiful. On a more serious note, I, one of the things that strikes me about the show that's really wonderful is the diversity in the cast. It's beautiful to see and it's, and it's wonderful and and why is it important and and how does it affect you to be involved in such an inclusive production i mean i was just listening to major talk about his lion king experience and sitting in that new amsterdam theater and i i think it's no accident then what as major sitting there watching a cast of african american and african actors mm-hmm. on stage you're like i look like that 
Those people look like me. Into the Woods might have been something that made me like interested in theater, but it really wasn't until I saw Miss Saigon and I saw a sea full of Asians right. on stage yeah. that I went, oh, like they're actually doing that. Like, can I do that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, that's why I think that that representation, just that the visibility of that is so powerful. I had the same experience with Rent. You know, I saw Rent and I was like, oh, there's everything. Yeah. Like, here's a show where every, every the, everything under the sun is included. Mm-hmm. Every person under the sun, every color, every shade. Yeah. And I think at Aladdin, we accomplished that as well. These characters are so iconic. Why why can't Aladdin be Chinese American tonight? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's totally, and, and maybe there's a Chinese American kid in the audience that's like, maybe one day I can do that. I can be on Broadway too. So I think that visibility is so important. For the next for the next generation, I think that's super powerful. And connect me. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they want the stage to be full of actors that look like you are just you know the same colors that you see just walking around Times Square? Yeah. Like just walking out in the city, you want the same sea of colors to be put on the stage in Agrabah. It's this fictional city, so why can't it look can't? exactly like the world you see? I think yeah. as as Wicked alums too, for us, like that happened in Wicked all the time. Like, sure. why can't Bach be Asian? Why can't right. Fierro be African American? Like they, they, you know, they, yeah. they, you know, Nessa was there. You know, why can't Nessa be Asian? Like, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's it. Um, I think with with fictional places like Oz or Agrabah, yes, why not? It's easier you know? to do, and it should, it should be spread out throughout even places that are exist in real yeah. space right. and time. Yes. Right. Diversity is the best thing that's happened to life itself. It really and and the Amen. and the. Yeah. And the yeah. Yeah. Preach! <laughs> and the theater community has embraced that so strongly, right. certainly in the last few years, in a really, really special and also, amazing way. And also, it's theater. Like, I feel like uh, the reason I, I felt like I got hooked by theater really was because you do high school musicals. You do, you, like, your first show that you're in and you find your tribe that mm-hmm. you, and, and you, you're like, oh, here's this thing where it's inclusive. Like, it is important to be, like, theater can't exist unless everybody has a job and there's a job for yes. everyone, whether you're sweeping the stage or painting the set or the you're the star place, of the show. So, yeah. yeah. Like, there's, there's something for everybody to do. It, it, it mm-hmm. never really negates anybody. In fact, the more the merrier with theater. So yeah. I, I, I feel like it, it, it goes hand in hand, the diversity of theater and the inclusiveness of theater. You're going to the high school musical. It just kind of reminds me of, you know, lunchtime when all the drama nerds head right back to the drama room. Right. You know, right. like to that's eat lunch to eat lunch room. to there because yeah. that's the sanctuary and We're that's safe. where everybody is included. Yeah. And everybody is welcome. Um, okay. Take me to this a little bit um, because I love them and they're not so fun sometimes when you're involved in them. But stage mishaps are one of my favorite <gasps> things on the planet. Yeah. Um, everybody likes a good, oh my gosh, whoops. Um can you do? Dare you tell us any? Uh, <laughs> Who wants to go first? I was we in. All uh, have some. <laughs> well, when I was, I'm not asking for spoilers. I don't want to spoil oh, any no. magic. But. When I was in um, Wicked on Broadway playing Nessa, Work. there was a night when my microphone stopped working, and I'm stuck in a wheelchair. Like I can't yeah. go get a new microphone. So this is already good. <laughs> not till she cast that spell. <laughs> yeah. So I. So I'm. I'm in the wheelchair, and this is the big scene uh, in the beginning of Act Two. Yeah. It's like the only scene I have in Act Two. Act two. <laughs> That's yeah. all scene I have. Two. Yeah. <laughs> Act my two, scene shoes. Two. What yeah. are you doing to my yes, shoes? Exactly. Uh-huh. My microphone <laughs> is broken. It's not working. So, Elphaba is, I think it was Rachel Tucker at the time. She, um, you know, we tried to do the scene as close together as we could, putting our foreheads together. And then Bach has to, he runs in from off stage. So he runs in with uh, a mic pack for me and an ear thing and a wire, and he throws it in my chair. And so I get it in right next to me. I'm, say, I'm still saying my lines and doing everything. I'm hooking the ear 
thing around my ear, but I don't have any pockets, so I don't have anywhere to put the actual mic pack. And you've so, got to stand up in a minute. And I have to stand up in a Sorry minute. Sorry to spoil that, kids, if you haven't seen so, what So <laughs> what I do is I, I have the, the ear thing on my ear, and I, this wire is just dangling, and I take the mic pack and I stuff it up my sleeve because I have long sleeves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I do the whole scene with this you know, mic pack in my sleeve, and I do the whole stepping up and all the choreo and the waving around and the screaming, and I, I just have to like keep my arm really close to me like I'm in a sling. But it totally worked. Yeah. And Robin DeJesus, who was Bach, was my hero. <laughs> yeah. It was actually Ariel crazy. Jacobs, musical theater MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> Major? Um, yes, I, I have. <laughs> the answer is I yes. Some. Uh, there, there are a lot of lyrics in Aladdin <laughs> for the genie. There are so many lyrics. lyrics. Um, sometimes, sometimes you go into what we call the white room. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's a scary place to be. And the, and the lyrics just leave you. And I know how many times I've sung this, these songs, especially friend like me. I've been singing it since I was a child. <laughs> and, uh, but Prince Ali, it was this day, it was Prince Ali. And, um... At the very beginning of the song, I can't even think of the lyrics now, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. But um, uh, make way, let's see, make way, bang the drums, here he comes, something like that. But it did not. <laughs> it'll come to you later. Yeah, You'll get it, yeah. it'll come. But it, the words were not there. And the worst part is that they didn't come back for two or three shows. Even though I looked, I opened my script. I, I said, you know this. When we get back out there, it happened again. Oh and so there was nothing for me to say. So it was just... Um, a bit of scatting. A bit of, oh, good. Yeah, yeah. A bit of a genie scat. Now we do that once. But what would that sound? What again. would that sound like? Oh, biduba, baba da, <laughs> make way, make way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. long as you're selling it, it goes with right. the style of the genie, though. It, it, thank it does, goodness. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely, you're in a zoot suit. Yeah. <laughs> and another moment, um, because friend like me is a full body workout. You know, I have sweat out the microphone before. Take that, P ninety X. Right. I sweat out the microphone, so then it's done. Both microphones. I wear two because there's a backup. I sweat that one out too. And uh, Josh De La Cruz was on one day as Aladdin. He's a lovely guy. But he could tell, and tell he's done this for me before as well. But at the end, when we're speaking to each other, we get a little closer and closer, 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 closer and closer to try to catch them. Starting That's to right. feel a little romantic. D- just a bit. And so when he's about to free me, he says, I'm free. And so then we're practically leaning our heads <laughs> just so that they can hear what I'm saying. Uh-huh. It's very intimate. And, um, but I, that, that happens not too often, but it just happened a couple times. And you guys have a system now of like, okay, he's, right. he's coming my, in. I put my hand on his shoulder so he knows. And then he just like, we're going to be snuggling for yeah. this. <laughs> it works. It works. Here comes the cuddle puddle. <laughs> Well, uh, the uh, an Aladdin mishap that's definitely happened for me is, and I've sung this song a bazillion times now, and it's a song that I've sung since I was 12, but I went up on the lyrics in a whole new world. And I was like, oh, great. It's I walk off stage and I go, this is the Oscar winning. So this is like yeah. the song. Everybody is waiting for this song. But not only did I go up on the lyrics, I took, at the time, Courtney Reed, who was playing Jasmine, I took her down with me. No. So for a little while, we just sang, I went, a whole new world. The lyric is supposed to be, with new horizons to pursue. D- did not sing. I went, a whole new world. And she, I took her down. She went with Every you. Every turn, a surprise. She did not. Nope, that nope. didn't happen. Did she sing anything? Uh, she sang vowels too. So for a good, <laughs> no. so for a good like four bars. And it's it's one of those songs where you go, I, I can't, there's nowhere to hide because the audience is singing right. with you. They're I feel like it. if you did that in Kasim Babcock and, and, yeah. and Omar, that you, you could, you hide. could okay, like hide right. it. But yes. in that one. That one, everybody knows the words. And so I, <laughs> I walk off and she, she was so mad at me. She was like, Telly, you took me down. 
God, you took me down with you. And I said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. I love that. I love I promise that I, I, will, I will never go, I will never do that you to you. Can't, because, what, because you can't once control you go, the white room? But I gotta no, you say, can't. I gotta say, but with me, I will, oh, well, knock on wood, now, now that, but with, with, if I goof once, I usually never goof at that same place again. Like I will, I will, I might white room somewhere else oh, on you. Sure, right. but if I goof it once, usually I don't go back to goofing it again. Hope well, not going to well. Work. Knock on everything. <laughs> now that I've said I here's, don't, watch. Here's hoping. Um, one of the things we like to do here at the Broadway cast is interact with the fans. Um, we have listeners from all over the world in like 99, 100 countries. And we've asked our fans to send in questions specifically for you, oh. stars of Aladdin. Oh, so we're going right. to go to the social media mm-hmm. like the kids do. The first question comes to us from Evie the Love Attic. E-V-Y-T-H-E-L-O-V-A-T-I-C. Follower. Now, Okay. She says, what is the one joke in the show that will never get old? I have a couple favorites. Can I tell mine first? I laughed so hard at the like, we'll bring them to their knees. Can't we just cut their calves off? I thought that was so dark and hilarious. And nobody else laughed at the theater but me. And the guy behind me went, hmm. (laughs) What's a good one? Um, a lot of them. A lot of them are are DDRs or Don Del Rivera's. Right, I would, a lot honestly, of those. I think most uh, because of them he's, he's a comic. He is a he's comic hilarious. genius. Genius. He really is. The, I, I, you know, I feel an evil laugh coming on. That makes us. We actually have to enter laughing. Actually, yes. that's in the direction that we we uh, we have the very next scene. Yeah. And and they do the evil laugh, and then Don Darrow. But don't go overboard. You know, is what Jafar says, and Don yeah. Darrow always goes overboard as he uh-huh. has. And it's hysterical. <laughs> and it actually, it's a yes, genuine laugh. It's when we genuine. Come in. We are laughing because we are laughing at, at Don Darrow. Like it's, like. Maybe Major and Telly are laughing at Don Darrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. Our next question comes to us from (laughs) Hayden underscore Pan Juan. And they want to know, he or she wants to know, what are your go-to warm-up songs before a show? That's a good Mm. one. Well, I mean, I know I can always hear Telly singing Whitney. Whitney Houston is always good. Sure. Like a vocal icon of mine. Yeah, you know you're warm if you've gotten through a Whitney Houston song. No one's getting through that cold. I also like a 90s jam. Yes, yes. Sometimes. Hmm. Like a like a Mary J. Blige, um, let's get it. Jo- like also like it. baby face Jodeci moment. Yes, oh. I also enjoy that. Sometimes things they get the larynx move. Yeah, the larynx. Well, a voice to a voice to men. Yes, voice to men is good. You know, it's yeah. I'll do CeeLo sometimes to open up the the top of yeah. the register or um, <laughs> uh, guilty pleasures Will Smith. I know lots Smith. of Will Smith lyrics, so I will rap a Will Smith song to get ready to speak quickly as the genie every now and again. No, that no, makes no, good no, sense. No, no, no. Yeah, Men in Black. Sarah Bareilles is my mm. queen. Okay. I yes. love her. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm. Do you do you know Sarah Bareilles? Personally, no. Yeah. Okay, well, well, we'll fix that. Let's work on that. I think so. <laughs> if, we all, if we all work together. All right, next question. It's Hot Darn It 7. Hot Darn It 7. What's the show that the three of you would love to do together outside of Aladdin? That's a great question, oh, a Hot Darn It 7. Can we each pick our own? You bet you can. Easy. Mine is a little shop. We should do little shop. Oh, oh my god! Oh Absolutely. We're, we're going to start a GoFundMe so campaign. Fun. Just find us at the Broadway cast, and we'll start taking your donations to produce that this. That actually sounds really fun. I yes. think I'll buy a ticket. I'll buy that. I'd love to do Rent together. That's my. That's, yes. That would be oh the my show gosh, that we, I'd love to do. Wait, wait I've you. done Rent. Have you done Rent? I have. I did. We've all done Rent. We've all done, all done Rent. So I. That's it's one of my favorite shows, and I I never tire of doing it, and so I. I played your boyfriend. That's right. That'd be it'd be fun to do that. Great. So we've got two productions we have to do. You guys are going to become like a traveling theater company. I also want to do Sweeney Todd. Oh yeah. You could be Toby. Yeah. And you could be the um the judge. The 
I did that, that too. You've done it already. Okay. Turning okay. Off. <laughs> Sweeney, I want to see you play Sweeney. Okay. I would like to Major. play Yeah, you could play Ooh. Sweeney. I have to work on my whistling, but Sweeney's a dream role of mine, yes. Yeah? I want to no, play no Miss question. Levitt. That's a good one. Katie and Photography wants to know, what's your go-to Starbucks order? Decaf, sugar-free almond milk, caramel macchiato. That is so detailed. Delicious. I'm an Americano person, and actually, if it's Starbucks, I like the that blonde... Americano. The new blonde Americano. Yeah, the new because it's, it's a little le- it's a little lighter and a little what less. What is bitter, a blonde? But, but it's it's just they don't roast. I don't think they roast it as it's as a lighter. Heavily. Yeah, lighter it's a lighter it's roast. A it's got a citrus oh. thing it's going right. on. But, um, citrus notes. notes. But I am I am not a decaf ever anything. I'm like a give me more caffeine, more more more. Pump it caffeine. into my bloodstream. I'm an um, almond milk mocha guy. Mm. Oh, delicious. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Poppy G25 wants to know how and when did you find out you got your rolls. I found out I got Australia, yeah, and then my brother and I wanted to keep it a secret from my parents until we could tell them in person. So we planned this whole elaborate <gasps> it was so cute. video that is on YouTube that you can find where we tricked my parents into thinking that we were showing them a video of Adam doing a press song with the new Australian Jasmine. Uh-huh. But it was me. It was so when the camera panned to her, it was me. So we had hidden cameras set up around the room to to catch their reactions to it. My mom started crying. It was really sweet. That is very sweet. I kind of have a crazy story because I, actually, when they originally called me in to I feel like you knew for a while for before Aladdin, you... I knew for a little while that they were very interested in having me. Yeah. But it wasn't official. So what happened was they were auditioning for the national tour of Aladdin. And, right. um, and, they, and they said, well, and at the time they said, I had I was already going to be doing In Transit on Broadway. Right. I'd said yes to In Transit. I was, I was already announced to be in the company. And then what happened was they said, well, you know, the, the Disney folks and, and Tom Schumacher and Casey Nicola, they would really love to see you as Aladdin. They're, it's so hard to get the two of them in a room together because they're both so busy. But um, while they're auditioning for the tour, we know that you have a job, and but, but come in anyway so they can see you. And I, so in my brain, I'm like, oh, it's a job like years down the line. And, you know, having done Wicked before, the same thing happened with Wicked with me. I, I auditioned for the first national tour. I didn't get it. Randomly, I got a phone call four, four or five months later that was like, hey, by the way, remember that audition for the national tour? Now they actually are opening a Chicago company and would you like to play Bach? Wow. So I was like, well, maybe there's, you know, as right. with long running shows, they keep a long list of people. And that, you never that, really think that they're, that they're remembering what's on that list. And they are. But they, they, they actually are. are. Yeah. So, so I, I went in knowing, okay, well, it was kind of a low stakes audition because I said, I'm about to, two weeks later, I was going to start rehearsals for in transit, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I was like, well, I'm just going to go in and do my best and have a lot of fun and, 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 and be Aladdin for five minutes. Um, at my audition was Courtney Reed, who mm-hmm. was playing Jasmine at the time. And I thought in my brain, I said, that oh, how, that's so nice that Courtney <laughs> would just come in and spend the afternoon reading with Aladdin's. Again, it was auditions for the national tour. Well, the, the part they didn't really tell me was Adam, Ariel's brother, was going to be reading the tour, tour. And they were actually looking for somebody to take over New York. So I got the phone call like two weeks before I was supposed to start rehearsals for In Transit saying, hey, they're actually very interested in you being Aladdin when Adam leaves. Um, we totally understand that you have another commitment so um, within transit and, you know, and, uh, and so we'll, we'll figure it out. And so that's exactly what happened. They, I, I got, I, which was kind of amazing the way that the universe worked out. I got to do in transit. I got to 
do that run from the beginning to the end. And then when In Transit was over, they were like, okay, whenever you're ready, come come into Aladdin. They don't even tell me we'll work it out when I go through the drive through at Burger King. <laughs> so so it was very, that is it was, amazing. It was, it, it was awesome. It, it kind of worked out really well for, for everybody. You know, I, I felt like Adam got to go on off and lead the tour. Um, t- there were two members of the ensemble in our company, Joshua De La Cruz and Jacob Dickey, who went off and got to do, t- you know, I think it was something like eight to 10 weeks each of the role so that they oh, got cool. an opportunity to like own the role. And then, and then I learned the show by watching those two guys who had been part of the company for so long. And, mm-hmm. and so it was, it was, it was kind of great. Like everybody kind of got to have a, have an Aladdin moment. And I still got to have that wonderful experience at In Transit too. Yeah. That's awesome. I could add to that. Um, Please do. I told the universe that I wanted to do eight shows a week. And so I was, um, the genie standby. I stood by for the genie, Sultan, and Babcack for the first year. And I was the standby for less than 12 months. And they said, okay, we're going to start auditioning for the tour. And I said, I would like to be considered for the tour. Happy to audition again, even though... This tour ruse of theirs. Hey, well, you know, <laughs> uh, you, you, you just ask and you see what happens. And then um, they said, okay, we'll consider you for the tour. No, no problem. And then... A month later, they called me back and they said, so James is leaving. Would you still like to go on tour? And I said, let me think about it. No, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) And so they said, yeah, if if you'd like, we would like you to step on up. And I said, well, amazing. Hold on. Let me check my date book. (laughs) Well, actually, I said, hold on. Let me check my pulse. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You have to do a lot of that with this show. (laughs) From phone calls down. That's the lesson, right? You just never know. (laughs) You You never know unless you kind of ask the universe. For something, hey, I, I really like this, and actually to voice it out loud and say that, and then right. just to always put your best foot, foot forward, forward. Yeah. you know, because you never kind of know when when that phone call is going to come, and, and to believe that you can have it. But right. I think that a lot of actors That's don't don't first. carry that yeah. mantle yeah. The as they one. should. Maybe um, this is the last question from this is from B Benjamin Miller, and he says, if you could play any other character in the show, who would it be? <laughs> Well, in that moment when we're backstage and, you know, and, and Jonathan, Jonathan, um, Jonathan Freeman and, and Don Darrow Rivera are doing that scene in one where, you know, and we're about to enter, we sometimes joke and we say, what if we switched parts with those guys? For me, one it's night. not a joke. It's real life. Like, it's what real if life. we switch? Like, what if I got to play <laughs> Jafar one night? Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and well, I, got to play I, I'm lucky to be, to be playing the genie, but I grew up always wanting to be a Disney villain. Oh, so, uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, hopefully, so hopefully one day they'll let me give it a the shot. The sidekicks <laughs> in our show have so... Much it, yes. fun. Oh, for sure. The sidekicks in our show have so much fun that I, sometimes I'd really like to be a sidekick. Take I would want to be Aladdin. I would want to <laughs> do one jump and sing yeah. proud, of your bo- proud of Your Girl. <laughs> I would love that. I want you to sing Proud of Your Boy. Yeah. yeah. When you guys are not doing, eight, we've talked about the eight shows a week, and, and it's, it's heavy lifting for all of you. I mean, these are enormous roles, and there's a lot of stage time. When you're not in the theater as human being people, what do you do? What's your favorite thing to do when you're not on stage? A hundred percent honest. Please be a vegetable. Yeah. Sometimes and just be a, because I, I I think with this show as yeah. as physical as it is for Alad for all the Aladdins and as as kind of athletic as it is I've had to teach myself to just sit on the couch and do nothing and watch RuPaul's Drag Race or something. Do you mean like I yeah. just just to like be okay with that? Sometimes I I think. I think the A plus student in me feels guilty for for just sitting there and watching television sometimes, but but I'm like, oh right, my body actually needs to my knees needs and my ankles rest. and my joints and all of that because it is such a physical show and it yes. is eight times a week that you have to also you know in your Google calendar go rest. 
do that's nothing. a good idea. Sit I your need butt to do on the that. sit your butt on the couch. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So it's um and uh, don't move and don't move. Yeah. yeah, and so and take care of yourself. You know, so mm-hmm. I I think uh, self care has got to be sometimes a huge part it's of just it. being a vegetable yes. and catching up on Netflix and yeah. Hulu. And, Ariel, uh, I like to sleep. I like yeah. to sleep and I like to watch Netflix <laughs> and with my fiance I just got engaged you just Yay. got engaged yes. congratulations thank you he's an actor too adorable I want to marry him yeah he's very sweet he um, so yeah just like hanging out at home and we eat a lot of soup so <laughs> okay <laughs> so we uh, when she's not starring as Princess Jasmine on Broadway Ariel Jacobs enjoys soup soup we, we, we actually we, we get these um, soups and smoothies from this this thing called Splendid Spoon where they send you pre-made vegetarian soups and so oh. we kind of just love to heat those up and watch our favorite TV shows. Are you vegetarian? He is and I am I am when I'm home but most okay. I don't I like eat, eating pork chops in his face. No. <laughs> if you guys could offer, a lot of our, our viewers and our listeners are, um, are theater artists, and they work in the theater and wherever they're from, and they're actors. And if you could give, as the fancy Broadway stars that you are, give any advice to another actor, what would you give? I just gave this advice to a bunch of students, and I think it's, it's something that I'm going to echo from what I said before, is that oftentimes, it, it, you know, for, for every job that we do get, you know, there's about a hundred that we did not get. Mm -hmm. And that means that's about a hundred audition rooms that we're in. And auditioning is our job. And and getting, you know, having no said to our face is part of the job. So since it's part of the job, just choose to enjoy the time that you're in that room. And, And choose to, you know, even if you go, hey, I might not get this Aladdin gig, but for five minutes, I'm gonna have the most fun and be be Aladdin. This might I might never get called back for this. This might never happen. I might never do this on a Broadway stage. But for five minutes, if I get to do this in front of Casey Nicola or Tom Schumacher or whoever, I'm or Alan Menken, I'm going to be Aladdin for. I'm going to be the best Aladdin I can be for those folks. And yeah. I think that's always been that's that's helped me along the way because that sometimes when you do get that phone call, that's like, hey, you actually did really well, and they like to see you again. You're like, really. You're like, oh my gosh! Oh, like I was just, for me. I was just having fun. Like yeah. I was just, I was just, I was just having the best five minutes I possibly could in the room. You know. Oh, and it should be fun. Didn't we all start doing this because it was I know. fun? Yeah. Sometimes we forget when it's our job, and yeah. you know, and it's like, oh, how are we going to pay the rent this yeah. month? And, you know what I mean? We sometimes we forget that, but having fun is necessary in the job. Rent, 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 rent. <laughs> <laughs> um, following up on that, I think that in order to go in there and say I'm going to be Aladdin for five minutes, you have to really believe that you can portray any character and you have to really kind of accept yourself. You have to you have to say I don't know what they want, but mm. this is how I would do it. If you start trying to play to what you think that they want and you or you start putting yourself in a box being like, "Oh no, that's not me. That's not my character." Then you're just doing a disservice to yourself and to them. So, um I think the most important thing is kind of embrace however you would do the character and just give them that 500% without yeah. any apology. Yeah. Major? Uh, I would say to try and let go of how you think it should happen. Mm-hmm. I got here um, in a very special way, and I was determined to work on my craft and determined to work on being better at what an actor's job is, taking direction well, you know, and um, doing the research that it takes that the actor has to do before he's even, you know, at rehearsal and things like that. I would say you let you let go of how it's supposed to happen and just work on being ready. 
Mm. And um, I think that that can help you with the things that they just said, with not worrying about what they might want and not worrying about how, you, like, if you're worrying about how you're going to pay your rent in your audition, mm -hmm. then you're not <laughs> doing your audition. Yeah. Right. So that that's that's what I would say is um, it is probably it's harder even today and harder as an actor to live in the moment. But that is what we audition to get to do. And also so. to figure out why you're doing this, because mm. it's hard to stay in the game if you don't have a bigger purpose as to why you're doing this. If you're right. like, I want to be an actor because it's fun or I want to, you know, I want people to know me or I want to show those people that I'm somebody. Yeah. If it's all of that, you're not actually you don't have a, a, a larger reason behind going through all of the rejection and all of the stress. Um, yeah. But if you if you're doing it for like for me, I think that I think that the theater creates a space for the audience to heal whatever's going on in their lives or the story is going to make them brave to go do something they feel is scary or it's going to make them want to reconnect with loved ones in their lives in a different way. And I think we provide that for them. So that's my reason. That's the gift you carry as an actor. Um, very wise words. Thank you very much. Um, that's the end of our program. I don't want to say goodbye to you guys. I want to be your best friend and move into your apartments and always be there. <laughs> but let's have a hand for Telly Leon, Ariel Jacobs, and Major Attaway. Thank you guys for being here. Congratulations on four years of Aladdin. Continued success. The show is wonderful. If you get a chance to see Aladdin when you're in New York City, if you can get your hand on a ticket, that is, mm -hmm. go see them at the New Amsterdam oh, Theater. It's yeah. a heck of a time. I'm your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron. This is the Broadway cast, and I'm saying have a great show.